Hello, my name is Hayley Morris and this is Conversation Time. Welcome back to Conversation Time. I hope you're having a really good day today and you're doing really well. And if you're in the UK, I hope Lockdown 2.0 is treating you well and you're taking care of yourself first and foremost. 2020 has been an incredibly strange year, but it's also been a big year for many people. It's been a year of realising what you want out of life, which I think has been a really positive thing for so many people. There's obviously been a lot of breakups this year, a lot of people getting divorces or realising that the person they're with isn't quite right for them and having the courage to admit that to themselves and to their partner. It's also been a year of new relationships and people pursuing people that they really care about or that really align with the person that they are and I think that's been a really important thing and today I am joined by a lovely human that I went to university with her name is Annabelle Monks we met in my first year of uni she was on the same course as me doing broadcast journalism at Brighton and we moved in with each other in the second year and stayed living with each other in the third year we've not actually seen each other I think since we graduated maybe we have but I can't recall seeing her since then and it's been one of those friendships that even though we don't talk every single day and even though we've not seen each other as much as we'd like to have seen each other because we've both just been busy I guess living separate lives everything feels exactly the same like nothing's changed and we're still able to talk about the things that we always used to be able to talk about and open up to each other um, and be quite vulnerable with each other which I think is a great way of showing how much of a friendship you have with someone I think you can have those friendships where you don't see each other for years and it just feels exactly the same and you pick up exactly where you left off. So today we speak a lot about relationships and our life and now I'm just going to give you a little bit of background knowledge here. So when Annabelle and I were in university together she was in a relationship with someone that we are calling Todd for privacy reasons and in my last year of university I was in a relationship with someone that for privacy reasons also we are calling Eric. So if these sound like odd names or you know us personally and think who on earth are Todd and Eric you probably know exactly what their names are but just for their privacy and for respect we are not naming those human beings. I feel this was a really important conversation to have regarding relationships and I hope that if you are feeling like you're in a relationship that you don't belong in or that you don't want to be in this can help you in some way come to the realization that being on your own is not a bad thing and it's a very important part of life realizing who is meant to be in your life and who isn't meant to be in your life and on the other side like I think it's important if you are single it's very important to come to the realization that you don't have to be with someone else to be happy happiness comes from inside and it's something that is unique for everybody But ultimately, happiness is not something you find in someone else or in something else. It is entirely something that comes from within. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode with Annabelle, who also, by the way, she is someone who works in TV. So that is why I'm not giving you so much information about what she's up to at the moment. Just again, for, I guess, privacy reasons, I'm not going to disclose what show she's working on or who she's working with right now. So without further ado, let's jump straight 
straight into this episode with Annabelle Monks. Oh, it's so nice to see you. Oh it's been God. so many years. I know, I was actually thinking this earlier, it's actually been six years. That's crazy. Yeah, we graduated in 2014. But yeah, you were with Todd back then, and you were with him for what, six years? Yeah, five, yeah, five and a half to six years, yeah. The, the thing I find weird about that is obviously we've not spoken properly, face-to-face definitely, in a really long time. And so I haven't known all of this stuff in your life since, and all I ever knew back then was you and Todd. And since then obviously you you've broken up but I mean like how did all of that happen and how did that like feel for you because that's a long relationship yeah it was a really long relationship and I think like so we were together from the ages of 18 to 24 and and I think it was just like obviously I think well some people can be together from that age and have a lovely long relationship but I think for both of our personality types we both probably had a bit of growing to do that you couldn't really do when you were with someone so I think ultimately that was the breakdown of the relationship I mean I was quite naive and just thought it was going to last forever and I and I sort of used to have this thing in my head where I was just like you know anything that would go wrong I would would finish that sentence with but it's okay because Todd loves me so like you know you look in the mirror and be like god you look ugly today but it's okay because Todd loves me or like you know you've put a bit of fat on your thighs oh but it's okay because Todd loves me or like you know just all these things and it was that was so when we broke up he broke up with me and it was like oh god well what do I do now because like every thought in my head ends with that and now that's gone so now I have to work out how to you know have self self worth without Todd which was an interesting thing at 24. That's the thing though. I think so many relationships we get into, especially when we're younger, we haven't yet developed that sort of self-love or self-awareness or understanding that we can be a person on our own. And I think as women, we're always taught that we need someone else to validate ourselves and to be a whole person. And it's so sad that you kind of felt like that. And I, but I totally understand that because I think I've been there as well, but what do I do now I'm half a person I just was just like completely and utterly just I think also my parents have been together since they were 16 and I saw that and was and I just was convinced for my whole life what I say my whole life until I was 18 and met Todd convinced that I wouldn't get that because that's not normal now and then when I met Todd I was just like right this actually feels like we can be together forever and I think I just thought that's what was going to happen and yeah it was it was definitely the rug pulled out from under me but now looking back I don't blame him I think he did what he had to do for himself and then also it did me a lot of favors you know I think I I got to know myself and I don't know it's really um and then could focus on work and not have to worry about someone else for a bit which has been good and and you know stuff like that but yeah at the time it was life-ending it felt like it was life-ending which is ridiculous it always is though I think when you get in a relationship with someone and you're with them for that long you develop so much of I don't know your life kind of molds into each other's and then when you've lost that other person it's kind of like everything's gone and also the fact that you said your parents have had this really strong love like I the same my mum and dad were like kind of the fairy tale relationship and I've always pinned everything on that and I think almost in a way I think you can be hindered in life if you've got a family that comes from something really good like pure love from your parents or if you've come from a family of divorce you have two different 
ideals and two different sort of beliefs that oh relationships are amazing and you know you can find your disney happily ever after or love is fake everyone ends up hating each other you'll never find the right person yeah i mean that to be honest we had separate like really different his parents were divorced but mine was still together so i don't know if that had any like contributions to it it's interesting so i think also like films don't help do they so we were saying before like like the inside of my head is like a rom-com. Like I walk around like, daddy, daddy, da, like my Prince Charming's going to look around the corner and we're going to bump into each other and then fall in love and, and get married tomorrow. It just doesn't happen like that. And like, that's what I quite like about Disney films now. Like with Frozen, mm-hmm. the you know, true love at the end was a sisterly love, nothing to do with a man at all. I think yeah. that's people now growing up that like, the aspiration isn't just to meet a guy and have a happy ever after because sometimes that doesn't happen and sometimes you end up like Bridget Jones which is what I feel like right now but that's fine (laughs) (laughs) I love that rom-com thing it is so true that we all do it I'm so guilty of it too you you think of past relationships you've had when you've come out of them like I came out of a really terrible one that you know about from when we were at uni and that was I'm going to call him Eric and I don't want to be nasty to Eric because we have kind of built a bridge. We're not friends. We don't speak anymore, but obviously there was a lot of haste there, a lot of anger from me and we, we managed to heal it. But anyway, I, when me and Eric ended a, like a year or so afterwards, I still hated him inside, which was like really not good for me, but there was still part of me that created this, I don't know, still kind of thought of all the good things and was like, oh, but it was so magical. He was so lovely and so romantic with me. And then it was like, dude no I honestly I've I've had a boyfriend since literally said to me Annabelle you do not live in a rom-com come on you expect too much of every situation it's not all like rainbows and unicorns like sometimes the shit (laughs) right okay (laughs) yeah I need to actually like lower my expectations a bit but then it's finding that balance isn't it between realizing that your life isn't a rom-com and coping with that but then also having hope that it could be like a rom-com so it's like that balance between like being realistic but then actually having hope and like you know putting out to the universe what you want to happen because you don't want to be pessimistic all the time like I don't want to be one of those people that's like oh I'm just going to be single forever and whatever and I'm not bothered about finding love anymore because I'm never going to find it anyway all men are trash like I don't want to feel like that and I don't feel like that no it's hard though isn't it I think you can get into that mindset when you've gone through breakups and you're feeling shit you can either go down to that spot where you're like okay I'm going to lower my expectations and I'm just gonna you know I'm going to deal with whatever comes my way and I'm just going to accept it or you can go down that route where you're like okay no what I'm going to do is things I'm in shit the person hasn't been right for me. So what I'll do is I'll focus on myself and I'll focus on learning to love myself first, learning to work on myself first and foremost. And then when I'm ready, I'm going to go out and I'm going to find someone that does meet my standards and I do really love, but also I can live as two separate people rather than feeling like I need that person to make me whole. I totally get that. And I definitely have done a lot of that over the past few years. And I've had like a relationship since Todd, which have been good, but ended for, you know, whatever reasons are just not right. Or you don't want the same things or whatever. But it's definitely been, this has been the longest I've been single actually during lockdown. So I've been single since March. Which actually, that isn't actually that long really in, in the grand scheme of how long some people are single for. But it's been a really interesting time to actually like get to know myself and know what I like and know and just strip yourself back as well and take away all like the kind of crap of life and then just sit with your own thoughts and then you're like oh god I do actually really like musicals so maybe I should like you know 
go and watch more musicals or I don't know like little things like that where you just get to know yourself a bit more because you're spending so much time on your own yeah and I think there's a beauty in going through a breakup during this year because rather than like I think normally when you break up with someone you go through that phase where you're like you'll be really upset and you'll kind of grieve the relationship and then you're like right I'm gonna I'm gonna start dating again I'm gonna go back out there I'm gonna meet some guys and I'm just gonna throw myself into it and you don't have that bit in between the grieving and between meeting new people where you sit with yourself and go okay what do I like what do I want to do who do I want to be and what do I want to do for myself rather than who can I find next for myself and that's like the interesting thing about this years obviously all that really people have is is like dating apps and so I've downloaded hinge for the first time ever picking those six photos or whatever it is to go on your hinge is like god how do you like make yourself come across that you know sometimes I'm funny sometimes I'm you know I dress smart sometimes I dress like a tramp like it's just like how do you like it's really weird I, I took so long to pick six photos and then in the end I was just like no I don't want to do it and then like, you look at other people as well and you're like oh I'm you look attractive, but you look quite boring. And just judging people by like six photos and three answers to three questions. It's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. And I sort of realised dating apps aren't for me because I, I think I definitely go off, off of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the thing. I think, I don't know, the thought of meeting up with someone and just being like, hi, and then, then just being really boring and one dimensional and just having no like chat. I just think that would be awful because I think I'd be the worst person to be like, um, I'm not really feeling this, so I'm going to go. Like, I don't think I could do that. No. I went to someone once and I did not really fancy him and it wasn't really, and it wasn't right. Like Nothing about it was right. And at the end of the night, I was like, I don't know how to not kiss him. So I just kissed him. And I was like, why did I do that? Because I definitely didn't want to. I think like when I lived in London, all I did when I was single, because all my housemates were were they all in a relationship? Okay, no, one of them, one of my housemates, George, he was single, but everyone else I lived with was in a relationship. And I felt so, it it was only like a year after I broke up with Eric. And I felt, so it's so funny saying Eric. I I felt so alone and I felt so not okay with being alone. I felt so lonely in that city. I think that's why I left. Like I just felt like there were so many things that contributed to it. And I was so like mentally really not in a good headspace anyway, just because of that breakup and that relationship in general. But I felt so shit that I turned to all these dating apps and I, I met up with, I think I met up with three people off it and they were just horrific dates the worst worst dates one of them is just so horrific that's that scared me off them for life you know it, it's so shallow yeah, it is it really is it can be it, like going back to what you said about feeling really lonely I think in London you really can feel quite lonely sometimes mm. because it's weird I've got you know I, I sometimes have to sit there and, and remind myself that I've got friends because you know when you can just sit there and just go oh, well, I'm just here on my own tonight. No one gives a shit. I've got no one to talk to about it. No one wants to go out for a drink with me. And I'm just like, I sometimes have to like actually go, no, you've got this friend that you met here and you've got this friend that you met here. Like, like I have to like talk myself out of like just getting inside my own head and thinking like I'm on my own and no one cares. But then the flip side of that is like going for a walk and because you're in London, no one talks to you. And then you're like, this is nice because I am invisible. Yeah, that is the thing with London. I do remember like, I, I felt like I lived a little bit far out. I think I was only in like zone three or four. I can't even remember before I lived in Wembley Park I just felt so on my own and I also I felt so out of sorts with where I lived like I don't feel like I fit in there and then when I'd go into Central I wouldn't I'd, I'd feel a bit exposed 
And it was a really, I think I just mentally, I was all over the place that, that year that I lived there, but I was all over the place and I did feel like no one can see me. And it was at a time when I just wanted someone to see me. I mean, like the flip side is that if you're crying on the tube because of your breakup, which is literally what happened to me many a time, no one gives a shit and no one says anything to you. And you know, and you're like, I actually don't want some, anyone to say anything to me right now. Mm-hmm. I had a really horrible one where my granddad had just died and I had to then go and get the train home to be with everyone. So I, I, work got me a taxi home from the office to my house in London. And then I packed a bag and then I was like, oh God, I need to go and get on the tube now. And it's rush hour. And sit there and like my eyes are really puffy, like I've been crying, it's going to be awful, loads of people are going to stare at me. And I honestly was sobbing on the tube and not one person looked at me. <laughs> like the whole time not one person looked at me and I was like, God, it is just so like easy to be so lonely in London. I think like our culture is just a little bit like that because I was talking to my friend about this the other day. So we're talking about the fact that one of my friends that I worked in America with, and we were talking about how much we miss America. And one of the main things that we both said we miss is Americans because there's a communication that you get from Americans that you don't get from us Brits. And it's that want, that want to talk to someone and that want to feel a connection and that lack of we just have this it's it's almost like we've got chains on us that hold us back that tell us like don't speak to that person because they'll judge you for talking to someone random whereas americans they don't have that they're so free with the way they talk to people and they're so i don't give a shit what you think about me i want to start a conversation with you let's talk we're just humans i sometimes think if you go up north though as well people are much nicer and much friendlier and like or just even into the countryside but even like where my parents live in a little village like you wouldn't walk past someone on the pavement and not say good morning or even smile at them or whatever you would always say hello and that's definitely what I found I remember when we first went to uni actually even just like when we would go into Brighton and walk around Brighton you know no no one said hello to each other no one was like waving at each other and like you're in a city and you sort of it was so different and I was such a country bumpkin that I was just like why is no one saying hello (laughs) why does no one want to say hello to me and then London was just like another step up from that and I was like wow no really no one wants to say hello to me here and then actually after about six months of living and commuting I sort of found myself turning into one of those people like I'm like zooming past the pavement and going are people walking slowly and Mm. then I really be like god don't turn into one of these people like pushing onto a train and because I used to stand at the train doors and go oh no after you oh no after you oh hello oh and be really awkward and then and I wouldn't get on the train the doors would shut and it would go without me and I'd be late for work because I was too polite to push onto the train it's like god you just have to be savage sometimes but it's yeah it's a really different culture like you say obviously to America I just think everyone in London's a ghost the other day I was in the park and I was running and this dad like pushed his son off and he was obviously learning how to ride a bike and he was riding the bike really well and he'd gone really far and then he got up to where I was and I went hey and I clapped like well done and I looked at the dad and thinking that the dad would be like ha 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 and he literally just stared at me like why are you talking to my son and I was like oh god run (laughs) behind him no one is telling him he's doing really well (laughs) oh I'm just trying to encourage him say to say you're not going to meet any like lovely single dads then not in london that's the thing how do you meet people now unless it's on a dating app it's always it's got to be like a friend of a friend or like yeah. i mean ours anytime soon are we i mean i do know people that have met their husbands or like their long-term partners on dating apps and like there's been some real success stories definitely but I, I just yeah I, I mean if I was single right now I don't know how I would approach yeah. people I think my thing is I need to my friend said to me the other day actually she said on a dating app 
you should say yes as in like you know match with not not necessarily go out with but um match with everyone who you would accept a drink from at a bar like that mm-hmm. should be level shouldn't be like is this person going to be my husband no like swipe left or right whatever it is but the level should be like would you accept a drink from them yes then talk to them for a bit and then if you know it's not interesting then then say no but don't say no straight away just because they don't look like the person you're picturing in your head that you might be with that was quite an interesting way to look at it it's just so hard like I think you can't get someone's full personality full feel through a screen and I, I think definitely you can meet, I think that's the problem. I think you kind of have to meet up with a few of them to gauge whether, I don't know. I do, I honestly do think though, the right person just comes into your life, however that is, and you'll just know. The universe has a plan, that's what I like to say. Yeah. And the flip side of that is like, what if the universe doesn't have a plan? That's what, this is like the rom-com thing again, because I'm like, I'm, I'm torn between always thinking the universe has a plan and this is a sign from the universe to like, Am I just making up all these signs? I thought the universe was telling me to get back with Todd. And that is obviously not the right thing to do. But I was convinced that that's what the universe was telling me. And I'm just like, did I just make that up? But that was because what you'd bumped into him a a few times and he showed up really randomly to you, right? And like, I think there's sometimes when someone will keep showing up in your life and keep appearing and I think it is for a reason maybe it's not like the rom-com reason that you're meant to get back together but like maybe it's because you're establishing that person isn't right for you and you need to be reminded of that or I don't know like there could be so many things to take from that or it is just purely coincidence like you have to just see it however you want to see it I I see things and I'm like that is the universe and like nothing's happened just like a drop of water's come out the tap and I'm like I know what that's trying to say to me that's a sign <laughs> But the universe works in funny ways. Like I think, I don't know, like I always said with Eric, when, honestly, when I was with Eric, the the mantra that went around my head was, if I'm meant to be with Eric, show me a sign. And like, (laughs) you know, no signs ever came. The the sign was that I kept asking it, you know, if you, if you keep questioning something. And like I said to you, before we started this podcast, we were talking about that relationship I had with Eric. And there was a time I was basically going in for not a surgery, but a procedure. And they were going to put me under this anesthetic. And online, they were talking about how it was like truth serum. And you could ask this person any anything in this hazy state and they'll answer the truth. And I re- remember thinking, Eric can't come in the room with me because if he asks me if I love him, I'll say no. And yet I still stayed with the guy, you know? Like, I feel like sometimes you just have to listen. I have had a similar thing in... <laughs> in a different relationship where I kept going to spin classes and I kept going to this studio called Boom Cycle in London and the second to last song they always turn all the, like it's really dark anyway but they turn all the lights off and there's just candlelight and it's quite like it's like American spin classes you know where the instructor's like thank yourself for coming to the class today let go of anything that's holding you back in life um, and they always say things like um, you know think about what's not serving you and and you know what what isn't gonna you know make your future brighter and I used to picture my ex-boyfriend that I was with at the time and I was like oh god if I'm thinking about him in those that second to last song in spin that's obviously not a good thing because I'm thinking like it's not working is it and that's the problem though I think we're so good 
good at ignoring that little voice inside of us that is trying to tell us something really important because it's uncomfortable. Breakups are uncomfortable. Losing people is so uncomfortable. And like the reason I stayed in that relationship with Eric for far longer than I should have is because it felt more uncomfortable to come out of it and face the fact that, you know, I'm going to have to meet someone else and build something with someone else that I stayed in it because even though that was a, a hideous relationship with Eric and I felt so small and horrible in that relationship that was easier than losing it it's also weird as well when you you come out of a relationship and you have to like really look at yourself because you spend so much time then on your own mm. and you look at yourself and just be like god there's actually some traits that I don't like about myself and that actually and also I think especially after my six-year breakup that was like that felt like rock bottom to me like in terms of like you know self-confidence and self-worth and like you know how much I liked myself and just all of that kind of thing it really felt like that was zero but then I thought actually this is a gift because I'm now at zero and I can build myself back up on my own and like and you know decide what I want to focus on and what parts of myself that I like and that I want to like nurture and things like that and I've got to kind of build myself back up again and I actually think I'm a nicer person now I've had that happen to me Mm. which is a weird thought but I think I'm I think I'm really different I'd like to think I'm a better person now I've had that happen no I think you are I think breakups do teach you that I think when you go through something really difficult you come out of it the other side and then you can either forget it and just push it to the back of your mind and not do anything about it and continue to be the same person and not take anything from it or learn from it or grow from it. And you can just keep going to the next relationship and feeling the same and then kind of always just feeling not great inside. And then one day it will just like explode and you'll you'll realize that you kind of have to face it and you know grow into this new person it's like you you chose not to turn your back on it and you chose to like confront the stuff that you didn't like about yourself and the stuff that needed to be confronted because at that age we do go through so much growth and you chose to you know go through it head on rather than go nah I don't want to look at that right now I'm going to find someone else and I'm just going to push myself into them it's quite an uncomfortable thing actually look at yourself in the mirror and just go that is a trait that's quite toxic and that's not very nice and like you know you used to argue with that person and say not very nice things and that's not very nice and you should be a nicer lady in the future and that's actually like quite a hard thing I think for people is to actually actually criticize themselves so I think I, I think quite a lot of people probably think oh I'm, I'm not that bad I'd like or they look at something that other people do and they go god that's a bit of a toxic trait and you don't think like that you do it yourself but actually yeah. you yourself and you're like oh god that is actually something that I have probably said or done in the past or like I don't know been jealous or whatever and you just yeah get to kind of get rid of those traits I guess it's so hard but it's so important I think even like now I think I've gone through so many not different personalities but I've been so many different people through my 20s like I look at who I was when I was with Eric and I look at who I was after Eric and I look at who I was with the next person and then on my own and then on my own and then with the next person I look at every every kind of person I've been and even still now I look at the things that I do and I think why do I why do I do that and I have to have that self-awareness to come out of something ugly or to develop into who I am more comfortable being and I think we're always growing and evolving as people and if we can't look in the mirror and look at the person we are then we'll never get to being the best version of ourselves and you have to just be a whole person on your own as well like I really felt like I was half a person after that breakup and then I went into my next relationship I think I well as a whole person but also kind of craving love a bit too much so I feel like that was like the complete opposite that was like you know I, I felt like 
I was my own person, but then I just really wanted to be loved. And that was quite dangerous as well. I probably should have given it a bit more time. But then I had the confidence to when that wasn't really going that well to be like, this isn't going that well, is it? And now I think it's just probably good to just be on my own for a bit and focus on finally being able to do a yoga headstand, which I'm yet to master. Yes, you can do it. But I love that. I think that is so, I really admire you for the fact that you were in a relationship that you knew wasn't right. You decided to not continue it. We've said before that is such a hard thing to do yeah it's, de- it's definitely really hard and I think possibly if lockdown hadn't happened I wouldn't have done that and it wasn't there was nothing wrong with the relationship I just knew that that person didn't want what I wanted in the future so you know I think that you you do get to a point not that we're not old we were discussing we're in our mid-20s <laughs> 27 you sort of if you're in a relationship where you know that person doesn't want the same future as you and at some point you have to kind of go okay well what is the point we are having a lovely time and we have the same hobbies and we laugh at the same jokes and all that stuff but what's the point in staying in a relationship if you know I might want to get married in five to ten years but you don't want to get married ever so yeah it is is hard and then also having those conversations because sometimes you say to people I don't think this is what you want and then they go oh I don't really know what I want but yeah it might not be what I want and then you're like oh god should I stay but then what if what if in five years this isn't what they want and then they break up with me anyway and then it's like that like oh god but then I think you have to trust your gut don't you yeah, your gut always knows. It's so weird that as you get older, like when you're in your your early 20s and you get in a relationship, you're never really saying to the person, like, what do you want? Like, what do you see yourselves having? Like, it's kind of, you just have this free relationship where you're just, you know, it's lots of sex and lots of conversation and lots of like just carefree moments. And then when you get into relationships past, I would say like 25, you start being like, oh, so what, what do you want? Like, do you ever want to get married? <laughs> You know what was really weird when I was with Todd though is I think I was so obsessed with the fact that I might have met someone that I could marry and love for the rest of my life that I almost found myself wishing away my 20s because I was like I just want to be 30 and be with him because then we will just be together and we can get a house and we can you know nest and I was like almost wishing away that you know those younger years because I wanted them to be done because I wanted to stay with him forever which is really weird. And I do remember, honestly, when I was with him, just being like, I just want to be 30 now. I don't want to be 21. I don't want to be 22, 23, 23. I just want to be, I just want to live on a farm with him, with loads of animals and get married on the farm and like have some children and stuff. It was just really weird how that was my thought process. And then when I we broke- where that came from. I don't know. I think I just, I do think I loved him so much. And I just really thought, we were going to be together forever and I think I just couldn't wait for forever but then you wish away now if you think like that and you know you might not get to forever like that's the thing as well like you there's no point this is what I've realized recently as well there's no point in trying to plan your life because I mean with with this pandemic no no one knew this was going to happen you know a lot of people who have saved loads of money now have no money because they've had to spend it all to live because they haven't had any work and stuff like that and it's just like you know there's no point planning well you should obviously you should plan to a certain extent but there's no point fixating on your future because the only thing that you can control is now definitely I think there's so many of us like me myself included I've been guilty of it of trying to plan and trying to always know 
what's one step ahead of me and it's made it honestly it just makes me feel really shit like I think if I sit there and I go okay but what's my plan oh fuck I don't know what my plan is I don't have a plan I don't know what to do I'm really stressing over the fact that I don't have this five-year plan I don't know what I want to do with my life and it makes me not live right now it makes me not be spontaneous it makes me not like try and do something fun and just be like oh well I'll just try this I'll try that it makes me really focus on an end result that doesn't exist yeah definitely I think like because I'm freelance as well I think that's kind of helped me with my outlook on life a bit because like in uh what is it I think seven weeks time I'm unemployed again because that's just all my contracts are really short so January onwards I don't have a job and it's but that is just and some people say to me I don't know how you can go through life being freelance and you know it must be really stressful but I'm like that is that's just what I'm used to like that's I've never done anything else since we graduated I've always been freelance always you know had to you know you get a job and you're like great I've got a job oh god I need to start looking for my next one and it only lasts for two or three months um and I think that's kind of helped me with like you know not planning too much because I don't have a job that you know is going to last for 30 years and give me a good pension or whatever I mean I don't have a pension at all yeah that's quite an interesting thing as well but then when you have the uncertainty because that's always uncertain and then you have the uncertainty of a breakup and then all these other things and living in you know a flat that you're only renting for a certain period sometimes you get to a point where like everything is so up in the air and uncertain that you're like I do kind of just wish I had something that was yeah. like what you've got to think though is with your job although it's always uncertain you've always had work you've you've never been like oh, I'm, I've got no work I'm, I'm screwed and also I think there's a beauty in not having strings attached yeah. to things because you can accept anything in your life and you can change whatever you want at the drop of a hat like I think so many people would love to be in your position because it's like oh well I could just leave that job when that ends and go to Shanghai (laughs) yeah it's like the best of both worlds because you know sometimes you work with people that you love and you're like oh this is such a shame that you aren't going to be my colleagues for the next 20 years but then sometimes equally you work with people that you're like oh god I'm so glad you're not going to be my colleague for the next 20 years yeah but then also you can yeah like, like Christmas will be great so I'm planning to finish this job and then move hopefully pandemic pending um home my industry's so quiet in January I doubt I'll work until February but then the flip side of that is well just spend time with family and it might you know cost me all the money I've got saved to like pay my rent and live without getting income but at the same time you can't put a price on time spent with loved ones really especially like this year that's what everyone's learned haven't they so and I feel like your career has been really positive and really strong since uni and I think that's something that not a lot of people can say after they've graduated like I know that my career hasn't been stable and amazing and fruitful like yours has been and that's something really positive for you yeah I feel it has it has been fun I, f- I do worry though because then the flip side of that is that I but how many times do I say the flip side of that by the way <laughs> I think you've been making me say it too let's <laughs> <laughs> flip it again is that sometimes I think I focus on not focus on work too much but you know it keeps me so busy that I don't maybe I'm I definitely this year have focused more on like rekindling friendships and putting time into friendships and you know like doing things that hobbies that I like and stuff like that because I think I was working so much and it was quite a sociable job as well that you sometimes it can cloud what your actual life is because there has to be a life outside of work and it's like finding that like balance between you know work and personal life it's not easy well because like you're saying like oh yeah you know your career is good and and you know I don't feel like mine's been but then I look at like you going to Disney and stuff I would have loved to have done that that looked amazing and it's like just so interesting how everyone looks at each other 
those life choices and what they're doing and things like oh I would have loved to have done that it's strange because I think it, it all goes down to that comparison it's, it's a beast isn't it like I think all of us can sit here and first of all we can all say none of us have really made or found I don't think I know anyone that's actually got a balance of success love and like an outside life like maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm saying this and someone's listening going uh Hayley I've got all of that but I always think like the more people I speak to the more I'm like okay no one has this life figured out and like everyone's taken it a little bit different like for me my priority has been to live a life that I really enjoy and to take moments in like I don't know just living life to what I feel is the fullest and that hasn't really always revolved around a career whereas like for you like I feel like you have had such an amazing career and yeah even though you've still like traveled and done fun stuff though so yeah it's really hard isn't it it is an interesting life isn't it I feel like it's been a really good year for people to just like I mean, Instagram seems like it's changing, doesn't it? And like everyone's mm. now talking about, you know, flaws and like depression and stuff like that. And it's actually really good to see stuff and be like, oh God, that's, yeah, that's like me. And oh yeah, you've got dimples on your ass cheeks and I've yeah. got some. Oh, you're saying you feel depressed on a Tuesday, but on a Wednesday you feel absolutely elated with life and you're like surrounded by birds chirping. And I'm like, I'm like that. And I have like, you know, up and down weeks. And it's been really an interesting year for me to actually look around other people and be like, I'm not actually that weird. I thought I was quite weird. And actually, I think I'm pretty normal. Yeah, it's honestly, I love social media at the moment because I just feel like before it was this highlight reel and you always felt a little bit inadequate, like shit, my life sucks. And that is the problem. Like I always looked at other people and I thought, fuck, I've, I've been fanning around in America doing stupid things while everyone else has made a career. They also look amazing. What's going on? And I'm over here just like getting spottier by the second, piling on the pounds, just really just living a weird life that I thought I enjoyed. And yeah. And now you're finally being like, oh, thank the lord other people aren't happy or other people have gone through shit and they're just making what they can out of it and do, I, do you know what i think is the absolute best thing in the whole world tiktok oh mm. my god tiktok saved me this year every time i felt depressed i would just open it and it was like a vacuum and three hours would go but i'd be sat there going <laughs> <laughs> and like there was nights where like jen my housemate would message me and be like, what you're laughing at? And then I'd send her the TikTok video that I just laughed at. And we're in like complete separate rooms. She can just hear me in my bed going, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Like videos of cats, videos of old men dancing. Like, oh, I just think it's the best. I just love watching everyone else doing all these great dances. I did try and do one and I, it didn't, didn't go down very well. My TikTok career hasn't taken off. That is one thing that does make me feel old. Like TikTok makes me feel so old because I just can't work it out. I look at it and I'm like, I'm, I'm not used to editing on a phone. Yeah, how did that, is, is everything edited within the app? I don't even know how it works. I'm just Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I, what we learned at uni and how we learned to edit and like all these like expensive, you know, techniques and all the software and everything. You're like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then you go onto this phone and you're like, the f- how does that work? Jen's niece is on TikTok and we're avid viewers of her profile. But she does all these edits and we look at them and we're just like, how has she done that? And obviously it's like filters and stuff, but it's so yeah. clever. It's just mad to know kids that age know what they're doing. Yeah, on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my, I've got a younger cousin. She's um, six years old. She worked out how to voice note on WhatsApp on, on my auntie's phone. And so like, I've had like recently when she was on half term, she had constant voice notes like, Annabelle, can I FaceTime you? Annabelle, can I FaceTime you? Hi, Annabelle, it's Bella. Can I FaceTime you? Aww. It's work at the moment, but... <laughs> Maybe later. Um, it must be so hard to be a parent now draw that line between like 
how much technology you expose your children to versus like not yeah I, I can't imagine and I think the fact that I don't know if you've watched that documentary on Netflix the social dilemma yes oh my god I watched that on a hangover that was a mistake oh. Oh, I was sweating <laughs> oh god I just started deleting all the apps off my phone I was like right go you're gone be ridden can't do it anymore all my social media apps are actually in a folder on my phone that says ignore but if anything that just makes me click on it more I did have a point during lockdown where I tried to get off my phone because I wasn't I didn't work I think it was weird because it really forced me to slow down and I've been working probably solidly since we graduated so that's like six years ago is it six years ago now yeah six years ago this month or last month that I would have started work and I it sort of I think I had six months out of work where I didn't work at all and that was just so foreign to me and it's I'm used to sort of living in London you get up you go to work you get back at like you know probably like earliest half past seven and then you know if you want to exercise you've got to go on a run or whatever and then you get back and then by the time you've had a shower and cooked your dinner you're eating dinner at half past nine and then you go to bed at midnight it's all just really like busy and chaotic um and it was interesting during lockdown to actually just sit there and do nothing and like fill my whole day with like one bath or like you know read a book all day it was just like really interesting and like has kind of made me slow down as a person definitely at the beginning did you find it really were you really happy about it like oh finally a bit of a break or were you kind of like oh shit I was rich you know I had my first ever panic attack just before lockdown so I was working in the centre of London in an office and you know like every time the news comes on the radio I was like my whole like body would just like tense up and it'd be like 800 people have now died and it was just like everything's like it was really overwhelming me and I had this and my office stayed open quite late when you know things started to shut down and I remember I had this one day where I didn't have any hand sanitizer I didn't have any paracetamol or ibuprofen in the flat and we were running out of toilet roll and there was nothing in the shops around where we lived in South London. So I thought, right, I'm just gonna, from central London, walk home until I find a shop with like stock and then I'll get on the tube. And I literally got from central London pretty much all the way, all the way to Waterloo, did a spin class and then carried on going, got to Vauxhall and there was like still nothing. And I had to just come home and I was like, this is horrible. I was like, I'm, it's like, and London was empty as well. And it was, it was like an apocalypse film. And I went to see my parents the weekend before lockdown and I was sat there and we were having fish and chips and I said to them it's really horrible in London I think this is going to be really bad like you can't all the shops are sold out of everything it's really like like sort of explaining it and I remember my dad being like it's really like you need to calm down it's really not that bad like and obviously they're in the country so they hadn't really experienced it yet and I was like and I said to them I said I know I'm going to lose my relationship I know I'm going to lose my job and unless there's any government help I'm going to lose all the money even though I didn't have any money anyway but I was like I'm going to lose all the money I have Uh, two pounds um and uh yeah and just got really stressed and just had a full-on like the first time I've ever had a panic attack when my mum was like holding me and I was like hyperventilating and it was horrible and then I came back to London and then yeah they said lockdowns on uh, it was either Tuesday or Thursday of that week I can't remember which day it was and I and I lost all my work like literally overnight like all the contracts just went yeah it's not happening until we can put on events or do this or whatever and I was like right I'm just going home because there's no point in me staying in London I'm just going to feel I'm just my mental health is just going to go down and down and down I was like I need to just be with family and you know my granny was quite vulnerable so I was like right I can you know help her if she needs my help so yeah the beginning of lockdown was really it was a really long-winded answer wasn't it but the beginning of lockdown was quite mental health wise for me was quite stressful but then luckily I did get furloughed for a bit so I didn't face total financial ruin which was good and and then it slowly kind of got a bit more positive and then 
TV started picking back up again. And but yeah, January it does worry me a bit. But I think it's got to look at the positives. It's kind of crazy looking on that and hearing about that though, because it's kind of like you were just there living your life, and then suddenly it was like, hey, we're about to throw you into rock bottom and take everything that you know away from you. But you, yeah. you survived. And like, I think that's the thing. I think sometimes we fear the worst and we think the worst thing in the world is going to happen to us. And we just see all the bad things. And we forget that. I think that like, I think sometimes you have to get a notebook and list down all the awful things that could potentially happen to you. And then you have to list after that, like, okay, what would happen if this did happen to me? How would I survive? What would I do? How would I get back up? And then you think of the middle of the road thing that could happen. And like for you, I think you were just thinking, shit, everything's going to go wrong. And you thought of the unimaginable and just kind of yeah. sat with it. And obviously it really panicked you, but then it, 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 st- it still didn't happen. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it was such a weird um, experience because I definitely had like moments of of being, you know, near a panic attack before. But you know, that kind of like, oh my god, I'm having a panic attack, and actually you're just a bit stressed. But yeah. you know, and that was like the, my first proper experience of it. And yeah, I'd say it's been a really interesting year, mental health wise. But I feel like I have learned a lot. And um, I did say to someone the other day, I was like, do you know what? It's actually, I think it's probably improved my mental health, actually. And they were like, Annabelle, you're making it sound like the whole pandemic was just for you. <laughs> like, the universe didn't send the pandemic just for your life to get better. It did, though. <laughs> yes, but my, 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 inside my head is a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes to show, like, sometimes you can think everything's going to fall down and it will still never be as bad as you think it will be. And also that you learn how like resilient you can be as well. And yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It was, it was, I do feel really privileged that I could actually say, no, I'm not going to stay in London. I can go home and be with my parents. And it's nice that I had somewhere to go that, you know, wasn't in London that was really scary and was outside of London. And then just actually, actually that time spent with my parents, I think you can't take that for granted. Like not many people at the age of 27 have moved back home and spent so much one-on-one time do you know what I mean like I mean my dad was working throughout because um he was uh, he's a tradesman but yeah it's such a weird year but I feel like it's been a year of like lessons obviously it's been a really horrible year and for so many people it's been really really horrible I think you do have to try and look at the positives of what you've taken out of the situation and even if I don't work in you know January February March April I feel really privileged that I managed to do some work between August and December because it's been it's been nice and it's given me a purpose again I felt like a bit of a pointless blob when I wasn't working it made me realize how much um pressure how, how much importance I was putting on work because I felt really pointless because I wasn't working I was like but actually you know I'm here I'm I'm cheering my mum up I'm cheering my dad up I'm you know taking around dinner for my nan and she would like open her garage and I'd step back and then I'd put it on the bin and then she'd come and take it and then we like, couldn't go didn't go near her obviously but it was like you know they, I sort of found that I I was useful in other ways than just working which was good but isn't it weird how we put so much worth onto external things like relationships careers everything but ourselves yeah like I'm I am enough without work and without a boyfriend yeah like we've got these weird belief systems that we all need to kind of break down that we are worthy we're like we're so much just being us like that is still so much yeah definitely yeah what I'm gonna take away from this year 100% I feel like that was a really good place to end today's episode because I think it's one of the most important nuggets out of this 
conversation, we sometimes forget how worthy we are and how important we are and our happiness and our well-being is. And that is something that 2020 has absolutely forced us to remember because sometimes we can lose ourselves in other people, in external things, in jobs, relationships, all sorts of other things at the heart and at the core of everything. It's us. The relationship you have with yourself is the longest relationship you will ever have. And it takes work. Unfortunately, we don't just wake up one day and love ourselves. It can be a long journey learning to love the person we are, but it is one of the most important journeys we can make. If you are going through a hard time right now, say a relationship's ended, a job's ended, something external has happened to you, just remember everything will work out. Pain is temporary. And if you look back on past experiences you've had where things have gone wrong, you have come out of it and survived it and you've probably learnt a whole lot. I will leave it at that today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much, Annabelle, for coming on the podcast. It was so incredible to catch up and just be so open with each other. As always, if you are enjoying the show, it would mean the world if you could rate and review us and let us know what you think. And I will see you next week for another episode.